What are the symptoms? Many symptoms of the coronavirus and, and influenza overlap. So it kind of feels like the flu, but you don't have the achy body. That's a, that's a, a big difference. Um, how is it uh, transmitted? Person-to-person -person transmissions are thought to occur when an infected person coughs, coughs or sneezes, similar to how influenza and other respiratory pathogens spread. How do I sanitize services? Keep it in your home and services clean with disinfectant. Um, the coronavirus is able to live on surfaces, namely metal, glass, or plastic, for up to nine days. Uh, do face masks help? Um, not for the coronavirus, but if you need to wear a mask for other reasons, go ahead and wear one. But it doesn't prevent the disease from uh, being contracted. Uh, who's most at risk? Young people. Well, that leaves most of us out. <laughs> and uh, senior citizens. <laughs> well, that brings us back in. <laughs> and especially those with immune deficiencies. Um, because basically, if you get it, your own body, if it's a normal immune system, is actually going to take care of it. Um, let's see what else. Um, the Surgeon General said there is no evidence right now that the coronavirus can be spread through mail or Amazon packages. <laughs> you guys are safe. <laughs> um, is it here to stay? The director of the Center for Disease Control says it's probably with us beyond this season and perhaps beyond this year. Um, most viruses calls, cause mild symptoms, such as a common cold that patients easily recover from. And uh, let's see, the risk to the American public is low. Um, and if you contract it, most people will not need hospitalization. And. Uh, we might anticipate that it will abate as the weather gets warmer, he said, but he added it may also become a part of the usual cold and flu season. So uh, just some uh, facts from the um, World Health Organization so that we don't get panicked over some of the things that you might be reading or hearing about. So anyway, so just um, if it shows up, we'll let you know and take precautions, but that's basically where we are right now. Your hand sanitizers, too, need to have about at least 60% alcohol. So just a word of precaution. So right now the world is on edge over this. Um, and uh, Nan, uh, your uh, perspective on other countries is, is, needs to be heard as well. Um, there's a, a pandemic as a disease that spreads outside a specific local geographical area um, and infects a large number of people. Um, that's a pandemic. This isn't one yet. Uh, an endemic is when a disease spreads within a particular geographical area and then an epidemic is when there's a sudden increase in the number of cases within a local geographic area. So right now it's, it's, not, it's not so extensive that they've labeled it that way, but 
Anyway, something to be praying for. Um, this wouldn't be humanity's first trial by pandemic. The Black Death in the 14th century killed half of Europe's population. In 1918, the Spanish flu infected one in three humans alive at the time, killed about 50 million people. 2009, the swine flu pandemic infected between 11 and 21 percent of the global population, but was far less deadly, killing at most half a million people. Yeah, that'd make you feel better. Um, so um, this is not anywhere near that level yet, but a lot of people are really, are really fearful of it and uh, just need to take some precautions. I would like us to take a few moments and uh, pray for some things that have uh, come up. Uh, since Christy and I got back from vacation, uh, there's been a number of families and people in our church and outside of our church who've experienced some real hardships. And uh, so I, I'm going to take uh, our time this morning and talk about uh, Jesus' invitation. Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Um, this last week, uh, the Lord took home a young girl that we'd been praying for for the last three or four years, Vivian Rose Weaver. Uh, she died of cancer, and uh, we'd been praying for her. And, and um, so I'd like us to pray for her family, uh, Vivian Rose Weaver. Um, Tom Keller, who broke his shoulder, uh, is now in a rehab, uh, um, Green Valley Rehab off of Coburg Road. I'd like us to be praying for Tom. And Marilyn today and her family are in Portland for the funeral of Marilyn's brother, Mick, who passed away um, uh, two weeks ago. And so the Keller family could really uh, benefit from our prayers as well. Um, Heidi and Chris's daughter, uh, Kyla, uh, miscarried uh, last week. And so I, I want us to remember to pray for her as well. So there's a lot of uh, sickness and injury and there's anxiety and relationships and for many people right now, uh, they're going through hard times. And so I'd like to take a few minutes and just pray, okay? Father, we join together as a, a body of believers in Jesus Christ who have been forever saved by the sacrifice that Jesus made. And yet, Father, we acknowledge what you've told us in your word, that with uh, the sin's entrance into the world has come death and destruction and disease, disappointment, uh, all of these things that make life hard, uh, we go through. And we're not immune to those things. But, Father, we are so grateful for the ability to pray to a God who has all power and all knowledge and is characterized by a deep heart of love for those whom he has created. Today, Father, I would pray for Vivian's family. Grateful, Lord, for the additional years you gave to her that were unexpected. But, Lord, we pray for a young family who have lost uh, a little daughter. Would you be their help today? And we know you will be. We also, Father, want to pray for Kyla as she has 
lost the baby that she was carrying. Uh, Lord, uh, most of us, because we've not gone through it, don't understand the depth of pain that that brings. But we do pray for Kyla, Lord, and for healing. Father, there's another family in our church that's going through a real trauma right now within their family. I just, without mentioning their name, Lord, we want to just join together and pray for them as well. Lord, you've told us that through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. So these things do not surprise us. But we are also grateful for the promises that we have in Christ. That where there's hardship, there's healing. And where there's pain, there can be peace. Lord, would you pour out your spirit on our lives today that even in the midst of our suffering, we can have the joy that comes from being in the Lord. And we pray that in his name. Amen. So, different things are going on, and uh, it's not unusual. Uh, most of us have lived long enough that we've experienced in our lives various hardships. Um, might be disease, might be the death of a loved one, might be sickness, might be a divorce. Um, that's what life is like. It's hard. There, there's, you, you'll go through a period where it's not hard, but then, you know, somewhere down the road, hardship is going to come. Uh, it's not unusual. Trials are inevitable, and they're indiscriminate. Uh, the righteous suffer, the unrighteous suffer. The young suffer, the old suffer. Um, to varying degrees. And uh, ultimately, why is this? Why, why is this suffering? Why would a, a little seven-year-old uh, girl contract cancer and die of it? What causes it? Adam, okay, Adam and Eve ate the apple in the garden, so apples are not a fruit that we are fond of right now, <laughs> but in reality, it wasn't apple, it wasn't an apple, no, it was the pear on the ground, uh, they're the ones that are responsible for it. Um, sin brought with it death and destruction, and a part of that is when God makes a declaration, he keeps it. God said to Adam in the very beginning, in the day that you eat from this fruit, you will certainly die. And so everyone descended from Adam ultimately experiences what God declared would take place because of Adam and that's that we die. And there's no guarantee of how long we get to live until we die. The young die. Um, people die who are innocent victims of crimes. And, but nevertheless, the reality of it is, sin, ultimately, the, the death and the destruction that we all experience and the hardship of life ultimately comes to everyone 
because of our relationship in Adam. And we can't do anything about it. We can't stop it. You can't stop death. Now Christ has overcome it, which is what we'll talk about this morning. But if you live very long, you're going to experience hard times in your life. Good times, hard times. Maybe this year has been a good year. Maybe it hasn't been such a good year. Uh, maybe last year was a bad year and you've kind of gone through it and now this is a good year. But uh, just uh, without saying what it is, how many would just raise their hand and say, um, uh, this year, January to March, um, I've gone through some hard times. Anybody? Okay. Sure. Uh We, we sometimes live with the assumption that if I do the right things, bad things won't happen to me. And that is not a guarantee. Think of it, think of it this way. Um, out of all of history's humanity, who would you say uh, on a continuum of, uh, who's the person that you would say did his life was characterized by doing things right. Oh, you guys are so far away from it. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Billy Graham is a great example, but uh, he contracted, uh, what, what did he have? Uh, Parkinson's disease. Um, uh, what was another one, Corey? Corey Tenboom, who spent like how many years in a concentration camp, um, and uh, but I'm I'm thinking of higher. I'm, I'm I'm going higher than that. So here's Jesus. He did everything right. Did he ever suffer? Sure he did. Sure he did. People hated him. They tried to stone him. So so that assumption is is one really that we can't make. Okay, we we can't say if. If I just do everything right, then what I'm saying is only the righteous are going to experience good lives and we will never experience hardship. But here's what Jesus said, John 14, 27, through many tribulations we must enter the kingdom of God. John 16, 33, these things I've spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation. Be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. And so that's a good, you, you bring up a good point because that's actually what we're, we're, what we're talking about this morning. Why, why do I have to suffer for what somebody else did? Well, ultimately, that is a part of how the world is. And we live in it. And we experience it. Yes, and we can't get back in that garden. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, you know. Uh, yeah, we can speculate that how nice that would be, but we will go back there. The, the tree of life is going to be in the new Jerusalem, okay? So 
the Lord is going to make all things new. Take our Bibles and let's go to what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Okay. So when I'm going through a hard time, when I'm suffering, when I've got a disease, or when I've, death has occurred in my family, or when I'm thrown in prison, or whatever, can I have peace? Can I have rest? Can I have joy? Or am I forever doomed to gloom um, because of the hardship that I'm going under? Jesus gives us an invitation in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So look at this invitation that Jesus makes. First of all, to whom does he make it? Be more specific. All who are weary and heavy laden. All who, why those two descriptives? Why all who are weary and heavy laden? Where's the weariness come from? Life. <laughs> Hardship, it just makes you tired. It just saps your strength. And heavy laden, I'm not sure how other translations translate that, but burdened. Yeah, it's the burden that comes from a weight that's weighing down on you. You, have, you are carrying a weight that drags you down, slows you down, keeps you from moving forward. Those could be the weight of loss, um, grief or sorrow. It can be pain, emotional or physical. Depression, discouragement, fear, anxiety or panic. It's a weight. It weighs you down. And it just saps your strength. And if you've gone through a real hard, difficult time, or maybe you're going through it right now, you, you can almost feel it. You can almost feel it. Um, Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He does not say, I will give you escape. He says, I will give you rest. Um, keep your place there, and let's go to the Old Testament book of Jeremiah, chapter 17. Now, first of all, why do people that are weary and heavy laden, Jeremiah 17, 8, why, uh, what does rest solve? I will give you rest. Have you ever been unable to sleep at night? Um, what are some of the reasons for that, apart from, let's use physical? Coffee? Coffee? <laughs> okay, that could be one. That's a curse. Stress, worry, Stress, worry 
your mind is just going over and over and over again about all the potentials and all of the possibilities that can take place and you can't sleep. Jesus says, I will give you rest. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 17, I, I, I just ran across this verse as I was studying last week. Verse 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose trust is the Lord. He will be like a tree planted by the water that extends its roots by a stream. He will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green. He will not be anxious in a year of drought, nor cease to yield its fruit. The man who trusts in the Lord is likened to a tree with deep roots. And he says in verse 8, he will not fear when the heat comes. Again, a very important word there is the word when, as opposed to the word if. He does not fear if the heat comes versus he does not fear when the heat comes. So when would indicate it's going to happen. We don't know when, but it will. And some of you have already been through the, the real hard parts of your life, and you may not experience real hard parts from, from here on out. Others haven't experienced the real hard parts that are ahead of them, nor can they even anticipate what they are. Now, Linda had a pretty uh, hard thing happen this last year, uh, this earlier this year, quite a scare. And we prayed for her, and the Lord uh, responded, and here she is. And uh, she, she's through the hard part, and we pray that more hard things don't come in the future. Come to me, is what Jesus said. Trust the Lord, is what Jeremiah says. And basically, we're talking about the same thing. Jeremiah says, you be prepared for the hard times. You see, when the heat comes, that's not the time to plant. You don't have time for the roots to grow deep when that occurs. You, you've got to be prepared for it ahead of time. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Go to the Lord. Notice Jesus says, come to me. Come to me. What is that picture in your mind? Okay. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Surrender. Surrender. Why doesn't he say, I'll come to you? What's that, Joe? He already did? Here's the verses. Psalm 34, 18. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. Psalm 145, 18, The Lord is near to all who call upon Him, to all who call upon Him in truth. Psalm 73, 28, But as for me, the nearness of God is my good. When you get close to the Lord, that's when you get help. And Jesus, in His invitation, He says, You come to me. And so we, we, he's there, but we need to take that initiative. We need to draw close to the Lord. 
How do we do that? I mean, it's just not, how do we do that? How do you draw close to the Lord? And what does that even mean, to be close to the Lord? Sean, what do you think? Okay, reading the word, all right. What will bring you closer to the Lord? Facebook or Philippians? <laughs> uh, Brian? Make room. Ooh, now that implies something has to happen. If you're going to make room for the Lord, something's going to have to be jettisoned, right? Because our hearts are going to be filled up with all kinds. There, there, will be no, there will be no holes in our heart. They're going to be filled up with something. Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And I kind of see this picture of us in our hard Going through the hard time is, you know, putting that, that double yoke upon with the Lord showing us how to walk through the burdens that we're under. And because the Lord's, it's his yoke, he says it's light. Put yourself under the Lord's yoke. Turn, turn to Psalm 55.22. I want you to look at these verses. And if they're going to be useful to you, take note of where they are. Psalm 55, 22. Psalm 55, 22. Cast your burden upon the Lord, and he will sustain you. Cast your burden upon the Lord. And I've, I've, I've kind of... Parallel that with 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. So what is the picture of casting our burdens upon the Lord? Casting our burdens upon him. What is it? Casting him. What is that? It's casting. What does it mean to cast something? You throw it. You, you, you don't hang on to it. You know, if you're going to give it to the Lord, you've got to let go of it. You've got to let Him bear the weight. And that takes faith to do that. Because a lot of times we're afraid to let go. We're afraid to let go because we don't think God is going to come through. Cast your burden upon the Lord, and He will sustain you. It's, it's, it's really... You know, at the end of the day, we all know this, it's all about trust. Why what? Why do we not trust? Have you ever not trusted? Well, I know, I'm, I'm going to ask you, why? Yeah, oh, you're, you want me to tell you why you... <laughs> yeah, Nan? Yeah. Pride, pride is a big factor. I think there's another one, too. Uh, a lot of times, we don't, have, we don't have an understanding of really who God is. And if you don't know who it is that you're supposed to place your trust in, that trust is not going to be very strong. Okay, yeah. I, I think 
for uh, uh, Lori, to go back to your question, it's not that I don't know that God can do all things. Um, it's that I'm afraid that he's not going to do it for me because it's not his will. It's the, it's the fear of, what if God makes me go through that pain? Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Here's what rest is not. It's not escape from hardship. It's not relief from pain. It's not an undoing of the loss that you've suffered. The Lord may have you go through the hardship, and he may take you to a place that you don't want to go. He may not heal your cancer. He may not restore your job. Your life might get worse before it gets better. Rest is what's character, maybe illustrated in Psalm 23, 4. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And I've always, you know, if you, if you, you know the picture of the Old Testament shepherd, the rod and the staff, what's the rod for? What does a shepherd use a rod for? It's protection from enemies. The rod is a club that he beats off the predators with, and the staff is a hooked stick that he uses to bring you close. That's the shepherd. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You may be required to walk through the valley of the shadow of death, but you will not walk alone. And because he walks with you, thus the encouragement, I will not fear. You see? The fear comes because we don't like pain. Rest doesn't mean that the pain is going to go away. Rest means that you can rely on the Lord's sovereign will and providence for you. Rest as you go through a hard time in your life means that you can relax in the Lord that he's going to take care of you. You may have to wait. 1 Peter 1.6, talking about suffering. In this you greatly rejoice, even thou, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. Even though now for a little while. 1 Peter 5.10, after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. We, those are the four things that we want that are on the end of that verse. But it says, it comes to you only after you've suffered for a little while. David says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. And Jeremiah said in the book of Lamentations, the Lord is good to those who wait for him. 
Faith requires waiting. Because faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things that we do not see. Yes, Joe? Our God says, a little while. Yeah, when God says a little while. In fact, (laughs) there's a verse in 2 Corinthians 4.13, and I really like it. It's a great verse, but it it talks about our afflictions. Okay, Now think of the hardest thing you've been through in light of this verse. For these momentary light afflictions are producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comprehension. While we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things which are unseen. Because the things that we see are temporal. The things that we do not see are eternal. And these heavy weights that we carry around... They are heavy for us. But in light of what Christ has for us and what he's going to produce through those things, he says, in comparison to what you get for the suffering that I had you go through, that suffering is just for a moment. And that suffering compared to the glory that you will be able to display for me, that suffering is light. Now, it doesn't feel that way, but again, this is in comparison to what God has us. And Lori, what you asked, why do we not trust the Lord? Why can the Lord not be trusted? Let me just kind of flip it and say, here's some of the reasons God can be trusted. Now, think about whatever it is that is your hardship right now, okay? Your weight, your burden. Whatever it is. And uh, all of us have them at various times, maybe right now. Might be concerned for a loved one, uh, a child, or our, our kids, our grandkids, you know. First of all, 1 Peter 5 7, casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. The first thing you have to understand about the Lord as you're going through hardship. And, and you take it by faith because it doesn't feel like it when the hardship comes. But what God says is, he cares for you. And he cares for you every day. Psalm sixty-eight, nineteen: Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burdens. Daily. Lamentations 3.22 The mercies of the Lord are new every morning. And when you're carrying that weight around, when the hardship comes, when the trauma and the tragedy and your life is just flipped upside down, we need to learn to trust the Lord one day at a time. One day at a time. And I was talking to one of the a a person that's going through one phone call just totally flipped his life upside down. And I said, don't make any decisions except the ones that you must make today. And then tomorrow, deal with the ones you have to make tomorrow. That's, yeah, and that's the beauty of the body of Christ is within this group right here. Um, 
there is likely someone that has already gone through what you are in the midst of going through right now. And that can be a real encouragement. A real encouragement. If we're transparent, what is what does that transparent mean? Well, um, pride gets in the way in terms of us not being willing to share our burdens with one another. In other words, if if I let you know I have a need, that that makes me feel weak or inadequate, or you're going to look down on me, or um, that, that's where pride comes. That's the, that's the pride we're talking about. The pride that keeps me from being honest with fellow members of the body of Christ because I don't want you to look at me differently because you know that, you know, I, I did this or I did that. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Pride is the, pride is the that was probably the very core of Satan's sin was pride. Yeah, Brian? Yeah, humility, pff, here I am, you know. <laughs> a, a, a passage that's in James 5 that we'll get to um, is confess your sins one to another and pray for one another that you might be, feel, you might be healed. I mean, that's a, that, that requires humility to do that. Our testimony comes not from never having trials. The testimony that shows the power of Christ in a person is how I'm going to respond in those trials. That, that's the difference. That, what, what Christ is all about is not giving us a, a, a pain-free life. It's all about showing us by his strength that we can go through those painful experiences with peace, with joy, with no fear. Now, that's a hard one. But the testimony is not that Christians, you know, look, they never have any problems. It's how, how am I going to respond to that? How, how, am I really going to have something that the world can't do on its own? Uh, you, Carol, you're right. I mean, the, the whole narrative of the, of the world today is, you know, I'm strong, I'm powerful, you know, um, I am woman, watch me roar. <laughs> <laughs> I am man, I'm an idiot, you know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, let me just close with this. Here's why the Lord can be trusted. One, you have to believe this. He cares for you. He cares for you every day. He sustains you. Cast your burden on the Lord. He will sustain you. The other thing about God is he knows you when you hurt. He knows your hurts. He told King Hezekiah, Hezekiah, call your family together, come into your bedside, put your house in order because you're going to die. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall, he wept, and he prayed. And the Lord said this to him. He says to Isaiah, tell Hezekiah this, I have heard your prayer and I've seen your tears. So God knows what you're going through. He knows the pain that you're experiencing. Romans 8.31, if God is for us, who can be against us? 
And that first statement is, is that God is for you. He's not against you. If I'm, hard, if I'm going through a hardship and I'm suffering, I'm going through trial and all kinds of pressures, uh, the, the tendency is to say that, you know, God is really against me. And God is never against you. He's for you. You're his child. And he, he takes you through hard times so that you can learn that he's worthy to be trusted. The other thing is that God controls everything and he'll never allow you to go through a hardship that he will not give you the strength to endure. 1 Corinthians 10.13 And then finally, and we learn this by experience, Romans 8.28 For all things work together for good to those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. All things work together for good, but not immediately. Not immediately. I think a lot of it is too is I can't, you can't, I'll let you. The I let you is the part where you drop. Yeah. 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 God God wants to teach us that He's worth He 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 is worth trusting. And yeah, yeah, that's right. It's, it's all about trust. It's all about trust. And we learn to trust by going through things like this. It's lessons that we learn. We usually don't start out with a strong faith. But going through trials and seeing how the Lord brings us through on the other end, you know, it may be weeks, months, years down the road, that's indicative of the fact that God is worthy to be trusted. Because at the end of the day, he is going to bring good out of all the hardship that's gone on in your life. And uh, uh, that's a promise. And, and God is not ever going to let you down. Right? He, might, he might hurt you a little bit, but he's not going to let you down. And that pain is for our, for our growth. Yeah, the Lord, one thing about the Lord is he never gets tired. And he never grows weary. So, okay, let's pray and let's just commit our hearts to the Lord on, in this area. Um, just be prepared when hard things come into your life, and they will, and they are. Our trust is in the Lord. And his deliverance may not be immediate, but it will come. And because of that, you can put your trust in him. He is faithful. Yeah, yeah. That word refuge is, that was David, King David's favorite word in describing God. He was a refuge. Father God, thank you for being a refuge for us. And uh, Lord, I do want to pray right now for people who, who at this very moment, day, are burdened. And Lord, a lot of our fear comes from we don't know what the future holds. And sometimes, Lord, our fear comes from knowing what the future does hold. But Father, our trust is in you. And when we cry out, 
A lot of times, Lord, you don't immediately respond with deliverance. But you do promise to give rest. Father, let our rest be in you because of the love that you have for us demonstrated by the sacrifice of Jesus on our behalf. May we respond to Jesus' invitation. Come to me. All you are weary and heavy laden. I'll give you rest. May our rest be in you. May our faith be in your promises. And may you give us the strength to endure and to sustain us if you choose for us to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Thank you for being with us at all times. In Jesus' name, amen.